0: Hey everybody, Meredith Baker here for On the Map, Off the Radar,
1: and I have with me Fernando Espino, who was an undocumented student at Harvard and one of my classmates. Um, With the presidential uh, election around the corner, I thought it would be important to touch on immigration. Fernando's going to give us some insight onto what it was like to be an undocumented student and the challenges he still faces. As some of you may know, there was a 2012 executive order which allows undocumented youth to apply for up to two years at a time to be able to stay in the United States. However, this continually needs to be renewed and is actually not a secure pathway to citizenship. So Fernando's gonna to talk to us a little bit about the challenges he faced and what his hopes for are in terms of the immigration policy in the United States. So Fernando, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me.
0: Yeah, no, thank you, Meredith, for having me.
1: And um, I wanted to ask you, what was your experience like being an undocumented student at Harvard?
0: Yeah, so I think being an undocumented student pose its own little, a few little problems um, or, or sort of different experiences than even just being a Hispanic or or, or a, an ethnic minority at Harvard. Um, because, you know, you're, even, you're an even smaller group um, than, you know, what people think is there. And the reality is you have to navigate the kind of vastness of opportunities and experiences that Harvard provides for you and decide which ones you can't apply to, which ones are not available to you because of your lack of citizenship, because of your um, financial need, because of, of whatever the case may be. Um, and that does in some ways become this disheartening um, to be limited by something that's very much out of your control. But at the same time, there is a lot to be thankful for, and I was very thankful for a lot of things that I was surprised about um, to support in terms of uh, just awareness that I did encounter at Harvard. Um, What was really nice about Harvard um, was that upon being accepted the summer before I was about to get, I was supposed to arrive, um, I got an email from the freshman dean's office. Uh, where they indicated to me that uh, there was a group on campus called Act on a Dream, a student group which uh, does a lot of advocacy on behalf of undocumented immigrants, uh, and who was the main source of resources, um, both uh, in terms of academic resources, job resources, um, scholarship resources uh, for students that were undocumented on campus
1: they have yeah. a about a, a
0: dozen or so each year, I think, right? Right, right. And when I went to go talk to them and, and check them out and even join them for a year or so, um, you realize that, this, that the number of undocumented is, I would say, surprisingly high, but yet it's still small enough that it, it can be very much forgotten. Um, so there are, in any given year, about 40 uh, undocumented students across all four years at the, at the college okay. um, and so the reality is we aren't notified in any sort of way there's no way we can tell to each other hey who, who's undocumented here um, or you know uh, there's no way to just come out and say it because some people are very comfortable coming out some people are very much not uh, and so go ahead
1: Oh, no, and I was going to say, I mean, it's incredible, and the statistics, um, there, that there are 1 million undocumented youth under the ages of 18, 65,000 of which complete high school, and then only seven to 13,000 of which go on to college. So it's incredible to make it um, that far, given those statistics and all those kind of barriers that are put in the way.
0: Right, and when you look at it, um, you can if you if you ever get a chance to, to interview a lot of kids who are you know seventeen eighteen years old there's you'll see that there's a permeating sense of of sadness of of hopelessness even um because you're you're you've been conditioned to be, to live in a country where you you're disallowed a lot of things um, and so you don't really expect things like college to be in your grasp to be something that you can attain because that's just not you weren't really, you didn't live to think that that was something you could do. Um, and so it, for, for the few of us, for sadly, for the few of us who did end up going, did end up going to college and graduate, it took a lot of proactive action to really seek out the resources, the people who could help us get us more information. And in my case, it took me the, it, it, I had to trust my high school guidance counselor with um, you know, Your
1: immigration status,
0: and right, and and trust me, that was an uncomfortable discussion. Even though I had talked to her and known her for about a year before that, um, to just come out and say, "Hey, um, this is who I, this is my situation, and this is sort of the schools I'm I'm hoping to go to." Like, is this something that can happen? And of course, the biggest fear is that she comes and says no, or I don't know, or you know, um, or sort of blows you off, but. Thankfully for me, that wasn't the case. And I think if I hadn't taken that step, I don't know if I would have been in college, much less somewhere like Harvard.
1: And now uh, that you've graduated, um, could you tell me some of the stuff or some of the biggest um, challenges you faced after graduation in searching for a job? Do you feel that executive order of 2012 has helped you in any way or what still needs to be done for people like you to have a pathway to legal residency
0: right so uh, I think what's the most uh, important thing to realize is DACA the the executive order deferred action for childhood arrivals um, was a very hopeful accomplishment for many of us. Like I, like I said, we, you get this sense, you get this consistent sense of you don't think that you're allowed to do things um, and you don't feel like a lot of things are going to be open to you. And when that came about, um, I was still in college. I was sophomore in college and I didn't quite know yet what was I going to do for was co- what I was going to do post-graduation. I knew I wanted to work, but at the time I didn't really have that as an option. Um, so DACA, the, the, the executive order certainly provided me with that, but what it didn't provide was sort of this um, educational aspect to it, um, mostly on the employer side, um, because since I've applied to a lot of places, there is a very uncomfortable conversation that inevitably happens, whether it's during the interview process or even after you've gotten the job with human resources or with people at the company trying to explain what exactly your work authorization is um, and how it is different from being an international student who needs sponsorship or being a, a person on, on track to permanent residency or citizenship. And, if, and and what I've encountered is a lot of people don't quite understand what the difference is. And in, in sometimes it leads to confusion um, to questions about whether that still allows me to apply for the job or obtain the job. And in some cases that has closed the door for me. I um, mean, I've had to stop um, the application process for a few places. So, it, it even though the it opened the door, um, it isn't. There could still be a better job in, in explaining that, right?
1: Um, or, and,
0: and and getting awareness that there are more and more of us who are in this situation, um, who have now the opportunity to work, and um, and it's not restricted um, as much as it is thought to be.
1: And. Would something like the DREAM Act, which has failed to pass in numerous states, allow you a more um, concrete path to citizenship than something like DACA?
0: Well, yes. Uh, I think the reasons why we haven't seen the DREAM Act pass is mostly of how it's being painted, how immigration reform in general is being painted. Um, on both ends by, by, um, by the media, by current politicians, by, um, political campaigns. I that's, remember, that's
1: that was my next question is how do you think yes. it's been, um, obscured in mainstream media? So go right ahead.
0: <laughs> right. So I think the problem is we, we like to boil things down in, in when we're during political campaigns to things that are very understandable. And the, and that, the unfortunate thing is, um, you hear one of two things when it comes to immigration reform. You hear either just border, border control or, or walls um, related to kind of strengthening our borders um, and deportations of people who are already here. On the one extreme, on the other extreme, you hear amnesty. Um, so just complete um, pardoning, if you will, of people who had uh, immigrated illegally. And I think painted like that, there's, you, it's very understandable why something hasn't been done right like no people aren't as extreme either way and and passions are going to flare up when you post you, you, you sort of posit these things to be that way so and the reality is dream the dream act is not and the dream act tries to sort of take a middle ground on the reality that there are there that the illegal immigration is not something desirable but it's something that's taken because of how the system currently is set up for legal immigration um and so to think that a problem that immigration is simply a one-dimensional problem, of, of closing borders is naive. Um, and to take a nuanced approach like the dream act to at least help out people who like me have been here most of their lives. Right.
1: Who um, you consider who, America probably just as much at home as.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was born in Mexico but For 20 out of my 22 years, um, I've lived in America, and it is very distinct to feel American in every way possible without having the actual documentation to say that I could be. Um,
1: Right, and something like the DREAM Act also is, like, if you graduate from college or serve in the Army and you're really contributing to American society in a very tangible way, it seems like in a way, it should be a no-brainer that it should pass, but
0: Right, right, exactly. It should be a no-brainer, and it should feel that it's, it's, not, it's taking a one step in a multi-step solution um, to alleviate this problem. but unfortunately, when you think of it as amnesty, if it just is not going to be um, yeah. it's just not going to be agreed upon. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much, Fernando, for talking with me. This has been so interesting. And this has been On the Map, Off the Radar. I'll include some links below if you'd like to learn further about this topic.
0: Bye.